Sorry for the long delay. Uh, I've been uh, pretty much doing absolutely nothing with my life, so I have zero excuses. But today I'm joined by Dan Levy, former past people of St. Michael's and now a professional rugby player for Leinster. Um, so to kick it off in the standard fashion, how's things with you today, Dan? Very well. Thank you very much for having me on, Mr. Allen. Well, yeah, no, I'm de- delighted to get you on. Uh, it's been far too long since my last one, but um, listen, hopefully we'll make up for it now. To kick it off, what would your earliest earliest memory of St. Michael's College be? Rugby-wise? Could be rugby-wise or it could be something in the classroom Um, that stands out. Well, I did the 14 years at Michael's, so I have a few pretty stupid memories (laughs) back from when I was younger. I don't know. Probably the earliest memory is I used to just mess around in junior infants. I remember copying someone's test. I think it was Freddie O'Donoghue back in the day in junior infants. Wise man. Yeah, that's probably my earliest ever memory, which is <laughs> cheating on a test. Yeah, positive. <laughs> yeah. And um, moving on into the latter years of school, you've obviously got you know exams. Rugby obviously gets taken up a notch. Um, how important was kind of the senior years of rugby for your fourth, fifth, sixth year in relation to kind of getting you kind of directed towards pro rugby? Yeah. Um, well, I didn't really have your conventional you know, rise. Um, myself and Rory O'Loughlin, who's obviously now killing and is, um, you know, on the international scene and with Leinster as well. Um, we played on the 13s together. Um, didn't play in the juniors when we were in second year and myself and Rory were on the under 14s, which is a bit of a, you know, a bit of a mess around. Yeah. We were, you know, we were, we were balling well, but I don't know, we were just, we were just messing and we, were, we didn't really see it as a, kind of you know we didn't see it as a pathway or anything like that and then we played in third year um <coughs> Skeener was the coach and he didn't really uh I think he liked Lockham more he didn't really like me he used to think I was a mess well fair enough but uh I didn't really again uh I was just messing loads and like I remember uh, a method game that uh, ended early because of a big brawl Yes. And then you were walking back to the change room and was like, technically we drew. <laughs> and we were losing by about 20 points. <coughs> yeah. Oh, fair. Yeah. I, th- I, s- I stand by that as yeah. well. I think it technically was a draw. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah, I just got used to mess too much and I don't think the coaches really liked me that much. And then when I started off in fourth year, Greg McWilliams was the coach and I, um, I didn't actually want to play in fourth year. Uh, I just heard of all the lads. I'm very good mates with Harry Creegan, and he was just telling me how good Forty was for going on the pace and all this stuff. And I was obviously very young. Yeah. And I was like, oh, class. Um, and I was just, I was planning just to do that, go on the pace for the year. Mm-hmm. I, I got roped into a game of the thirds, and we went up and played Black Rock in Black Rock. And I scored like two or three tries. Um, and Greg just kind of asked me after the game when I played one game for the seconds. We played Terranier, I think came on the second half, and then 
in tenure and scored one or two tries again and then Greg kind of just said to me, oh, if you do that again, you might get a run with the first. And we went down, I think the next game was against Prez, Cork, away from home. And I played the first half with the senior t- uh, with the seconds and scored two tries again. And then they took me off and said, you're going up onto the seniors. And, you know, it was a pretty big swing just from, like, having absolutely no intention to play at all to, you know, playing my first game with the uh, seniors against Prez Cork, which is actually a very good team back then. Um, that year and um, yeah and then it just kind of escalated from there and then as soon as I got a taste of it I absolutely loved it I was playing with Colin Marsh and Emmett McMahon and that was the kind of year there and there were obviously some quality bowlers there Al Kelly and stuff and uh, I just kind of got hooked then and then uh, I didn't play any age grade rugby with Ireland or Leinster that year but I think the year after I was in the Irish setup, but like ever since fourth year I was kind of hooked on it and then Obviously, I had another two years of playing and stuff, and I just kind of progressed from there, really. And then in the final year, obviously, uh, you got the schoolboy dream of winning it and being yeah. the captain. Um, how big of a part did that play, basically, in, first of all, obviously, being an amazing achievement, but also giving yourself the drive to, first of all, be captain, but secondly, be part of the second uh, second SCT team to actually win in the school's history? Yeah, it was. It was brilliant. Um, you know, uh, I was captain of the Lancer, um kind of, I think the, it was the skills team, I think. I'd never really been captain before. And, um, you know, when we came back to Michael's, I think I was made captain for one game. And, I don't know, I just kind of... I, 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 yeah, well, it's, it's a weird one. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, I just kind of grew into it, and then when like the the cup draw came out, and we had Ross Cray and stuff, and I always I had heard how good Ross Cray were, and I knew they had played Clongos during the year, and they had beaten Clongos, and I knew what a quality side they were. But it was kind of hard to hammer it home to lads because you know it's they're not traditionally at, well at the time they weren't traditionally the strongest school, so it's kind of a tricky one. It's a bit of a, like <clears throat> you know like playing a team like that it's kind of almost harder to get yourself like pumped up for it and we went down and we were actually very lucky to come away with a draw uh, I know a lot of people are saying oh 17 minutes of injury time <laughs> which is pretty a uh, controversial topic but uh, yeah that, in fairness to the ra- oh, I know the Ross, <laughs> Ross Gray people anyone listening will be fired up about it still and we but uh, just brushing under the carpet yeah, yeah. but uh in fairness to the ref he he stopped the clock whenever someone went down I think Ross Gray scored in the 11th minute so every like passage of prey I think Ross Gray had like three or four lads down and he just stopped the clock saying like he knows what was he knew what was like going on yeah so that was that but um, yeah um, things could have gone a lot different um, if we lost that game uh, definitely in terms of like publicity and whatnot. Um, to go and actually win the Senior Cup um, did a lot uh, at pushing me towards or ahead in the Leinster setup. That's okay. what I thought. And uh, did you get straight in to the academy or did you have to wait here? No, I went straight in. Um, looking back, I was actually very wet behind the ears heading in. Uh, it's, it, it was a bit of a shock to me, you know, going from 
being the eldest in school, like running around, like actually running around as kids, to going into a professional environment, working with like playing with players who've got families and like kids and stuff, and mm. you know, there's lads who are like whatever, 15 years older than me, and I, I, I just, I remember sitting down once for a refuel with Owen Redden. <coughs> This is probably one of my first couple of days, and uh, I literally I had nothing to chat to him about. I was like, all I had to chat about was about my six-year holiday and yeah. shit. Like that. <laughs> and he was talking about looking after his kids and his little boy and stuff, and uh, I was just like, wow. That so was an interesting one. Yeah, it was. Um, <clears throat> it just took a while to kind of get into the environment and stuff, and uh, there wasn't as many Michaels lads around back then as well there was obviously Noel has been there for a few years um, <coughs> Carl and Luke as well um, but now it's a lot easier I think just for like the lads coming through now uh, Ronald Callagher Oshin Dowling Jack Kelly those lads who are just coming into the academy now because there's there's about 10 or 12 swords knocking about so there's always like you know we'd always look after always someone to talk yeah, to yeah so it's just a little bit easier it's a bit more seamless for them I think but uh, yeah and on the topic of just kind of the academy <coughs> like is it is it very difficult for you to go straight into college off schools rugby and then be expected to you know raise your level raise your commitment to training on top of obviously having to deal with college commitments whether it's playing college rugby or else in the academic side and actually is that tough is that a tough balancing act uh, <clears throat> I think some people might think it was I didn't really think so um, the academic side uh, is a lot less like taxing and stuff like I didn't really head in like that much um, I just made sure if there was something important or something that I had to go to that I was there and I so all like those, everyone else yeah all the <laughs> compulsory attendance and stuff I made sure I hit all them and then everything else I just tried to like scrap notes at the end of the year and like I had a few people that helped me out um, uh, throughout the course uh, like a few friends that just passed me notes and gave me advice and stuff when it came to exams to kind of like uh, study the right topics and stuff like that and I, like it was okay it wasn't it wasn't actually that bad but um the rugby side, it's it, it was again, it was a step up. But even when we were in sixth six year, we were coming in two mornings a week doing uh, more uh, weights before school and training like three or four days a week. So it was like still quite a lot, like quite a heavy load, if you get me from training. Wise. So school was good press, in other words, for absolutely. Ahead. And now it's even ramped up a, a notch since we left. Uh, Myself and Rory were actually laughing uh, back in the day that we used to always try and get a 100kg bench when we were in six year. We just couldn't get it. Yeah. We just couldn't get it. And then you hear him laugh, like, I think Barry Fitzpatrick was doing it for like three or five reps, yeah, 125. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's like, it's, even in three or four years, it's progressed massively. So credit to everyone involved. Okay. And in your first kind of year or two out of school, um, you obviously get exposed to you know AIL rugby and Leinster A rugby, but for you, like you got exposure there, but probably things that you had to deal with the most was probably you know knocks and injuries. Yeah. Um, just how frustrating was that at the time to kind of just be into a pro setup and then just getting niggles here and there 
that prevented you from, you know, hopefully pushing on and getting senior. Games. Yeah. Uh, I had like a few ongoing things which were, uh, yeah, obviously extremely frustrating. Uh, I had like a hamstring, a reoccurring hamstring for a little while. I think I had three tears in all together. Um, and I, I think it was just because I'd come from school where I'd never really had any proper injuries. Um, and I didn't really know how to look after my body properly so I, I used to just train so hard and then not recover properly and then my body obviously just couldn't deal with it um, and then the hamstring thing was ongoing and then it was just like it was just like painful looking back it's actually mad I fully missed around three seasons of rugby two almost full seasons uh, I got to play a few games I got back in my first year and played the World Cup with the 20s over in France um, which is great uh, played the Australians twice uh, played Fiji and played um, the Baby Blacks uh, which is brilliant uh, it was kind of like a nice finish to a, like a pretty poor season and then the next year I was actually captain of the under 20s uh, for the Six Nations but I ended up after my th- third game the Six Nations England over in Franklin's Gardens actually uh, tore my labrum so that was the end of that and that was the end of that season as well so uh, yeah it's like it's it's frustrating but I suppose in a way the silver lining is that I kind of learned to like manage my body better and now I know that I know the kind of like the warning signs and the red flags how I'm feeling and stuff when I'm prone to get like an injury a soft tissue thing or whatever so um, I've I've been touch wood I've actually been very like very good since uh, just looking for some wood to touch. Yeah. Uh, yeah I've been absolutely fine since um, and kind of you know I, I would take that as a silver line because now I know how like how my body works and try to look after it. I, I'll be able to look after myself a lot better okay and like was there ever a a period where you kind of you doubted if you'd ever get back to where you'd hope to be with the, all the injuries like you, you look at someone say like Ed Byrne who had two years out effectively mm. which is really unfortunate but now he's back captain the side in the pre-season everything seems to be going really well yeah. for him like was there times where you were getting up at half seven going to do a rehab session going Jesus Christ is this ever going to turn for me no or were you just strong minded and going listen it will, it will eventually sort itself out uh, no, that didn't even run through my mind, uh, to be honest. Um, okay. I don't know, I just, like, I was just telling myself, like, if I'm fit and I'm able to play, that I, like, that I was always able to compete, even, like, when I was really young, what, or even, like, in my years in the academy, just playing, like, the pre-season friendlies and stuff, uh, I always just, like, felt, like, completely at home at the level, even playing my first, I think my first ever game with the seniors was up in Ravenhill I think they were halfway finished uh, constructing their new stadium and uh, it was my first actual taste of senior rugby and I I, I I didn't think the pace was any different I just thought they're they're bigger guys but like I, I had so much time out with injury that I'd actually put on a lot of size as well and I'd, I'd got way stronger so I didn't really feel out of my depth at any stage really but yeah, I just that that's what I was always telling myself that if I was fit and I was uh you know, um in the right frame of mind that I'd be able to compete. So there was no real doubt there for me. Okay. And um 
pretty much like this year was pretty much the big breakthrough year for you in relation to just getting more exposure, playing obviously international rugby and stuff like that. So, you know, at the start of the year, like obviously Lancer are blessed um, back row options. You know, did you have goals in your head in relation to appearances or were you like, listen, train hard, chances will come? Or, you know, in other words, like basically what was your kind of mindset going into the start of the season? Um, I just, I, I'd always kind of set myself the target of like, I, I said that I wanted to get capped in the November series, which actually ended up happening the Canada game. Um, I said that I wanted to be a Leinster first team player, uh, which I kind of there thereabouts got to. Um, and like it was, it was a pretty, you know, I played 33 games in the year as well, which is a lot. So uh, it was, it was a good year. Um, you know, looking back, I, I, I didn't really, you know, they were kind of my goals. Uh, to keep fit uh, was the main one. Keep, to have my like hand up for selection every week. Um, and then I kind of just told myself if I kept faith if I kept my head in the game that I'd be there thereabouts and I'd be able to you know kick on and I did um, thankfully enough and you touched on it there with the November series what was this like it's kind of a cliched question to ask but like what was it like when you actually found out that you were going to be in a, an Irish camp and you know obviously training with you know the best players in the country um, I remember the exact to sum it up with one word yeah. unsettling <laughs> uh, because I actually remember very well so <clears throat> I played pretty much every game for Leinster and I was on a good run and stuff and we just played Zebra away from home and we, I was actually so I wasn't in the Irish camp the November series yeah. to begin with so I uh, so I hadn't heard anything uh, <clears throat> apparently Actually, no, I'll, I'll tell it the other way. So, um, myself and Rory uh, Schlacho, uh, we had booked a week in New York together. Uh, so, we were going to go over and see a lot of our mates are doing a grad visa over there. So, we were going to go over there for a week and piss, pretty much. And uh, I didn't get any notification from the Irish uh, manager or team that I was actually on reserve for the November series um, because they had the wrong email address for me. Um, and uh, so... type me email? Or? I, I, I actually don't know. I don't know what they were using, but basically I was on reserve, fully didn't know, booked my flights. was actually... I think it was two days before we were supposed to fly and I was on the phone to Noel Reed and I was saying, oh, we'll be head out for a few miles. <laughs> and uh, we were actually going to go out to Zico and I just got changed I was about to go out and uh, I got a call off uh, James Tracy being like uh, congrats mate uh, where are you where are you and uh, <laughs> I was kind of like what are you talking about and he was like uh, yeah you're in camp and I was like what It's like yeah uh, you've got a room key here and stuff and you're, sp- <laughs> uh, you're supposed to be in here in like an hour and a half uh, well done and I, I didn't know if he was winding me up or not. And I thought, uh, and then I just started freaking out. And <clears throat> I, um, I got onto a few other lads, uh, just making sure that like this, because I, I got no one. notification at all. And then eventually, that, so I started freaking out. Grabbed all my bags. I was 
like over the moon I was like fully celebrating with my mum because my <laughs> mum was there with me it was just the two of us and uh, yeah and then I grabbed all my stuff threw it into the bag uh, started driving the cart in the house and I got a call off Mick Carney the uh, Irish manager at the time being yeah. like just to confirm you are on the way here and I was bombing it to Carton House I think I did a record time yeah. to <laughs> but I was freaking in the car never been more unsettled genuinely never been more unsettled in my whole life uh, was bombing it down and then yeah and it, I just went from holiday mode just played Zebra a week off just about to fly to New York go out Zico on the pace <laughs> to boom you're playing against Canada this weekend get your shit together yeah. and wow it was it was actually incredible yeah but then obviously uh, just like I, I rang my dad on the way out and stuff said I'm, I'm into Irish camp and he was absolutely over the moon as well so it was it was great but um, yeah it would have been a lot handier if they had my email address yeah. basically so just make sure for anyone who ever potentially plays just yeah. get their email yeah. sorted and um, what was the first impressions of like the Irish camp, Joe Smith, etc.? Uh, I had actually been in a few times and trained with Joe. Joe was actually there for my first year in Leinster, in Leinster in the yeah. academy, but I, I wasn't really exposed to him. I had one or two sessions with him, but nothing serious. But I didn't know how, you know, I didn't know how he ran things and, you know, the tight shift he, uh, he runs and stuff. Um, so I wasn't completely oblivious to it going in, but uh, yeah, it is. It's definitely up a level. Um, you know, it's great. Uh, he definitely drives the, like gets the most out of all his players, and you know, it's it's an intense environment, but it definitely produces results. Um, probably why Ireland are competing at such a high level at the moment. Um, but yeah, um, so I was I was a little bit accustomed to that already but you know it's one thing kind of like as an academy player popping in for a few reps and then another thing you know prepping to play Canada for your first cap um, so yeah it was brilliant um, I think there was a few there's a few other lads who made the first caps that day uh, Gary Ringrose uh, Jack O'Donoghue uh, young Neasy, Billy Holland. There was a few. Uh, Lukey also, uh, and jo no, Joey came on the day, the week before um, against the ABs. But uh, there was a good few of us, so it was nice. And I, they made it. They tried to make it as easy as possible, so they pared back the play sheet a bit and get the lineouts very simple and stuff, uh, which is grand. But <coughs> yeah, um, I kind of had one or two stressful days where you kind of have to condense and learn a whole playbook and I had to probably learn it I think we went in Sunday evening or Saturday evening no, Sunday evening I think and I had to have it learned by, by the time we came back in on Wednesday so I had to learn all the plays all the lingo uh, but in fairness like I don't really do much else <laughs> <laughs> it's that or nothing so actually fair um, enough yeah. and um we're right on the topic of you know Ireland stuff like that. Um, obviously, a few months later, the Six Nations comes around, mm. and um, obviously it built up to that. You know that not so much decider, but it was uh, Ireland v England in the Aviva, and you know obviously England had been on that uh, run of games that they hadn't lost, <coughs> and like initially you were there thereabouts in the camp, and then ultimately by the end of the week you were coming on and playing a part in the game like. It could, can you remember that week? I, I do. Um, 
so the Six Nations was uh, again it was a little bit uh, stressful uh, it was my first actual Six Nations full Six Nations camp so um, I was always kind of telling myself it's great to be here great experience I'm still only 22 uh, you know I was kind of always had in my head okay even if you don't play it's great to be here you know uh, it's good experience whatever you can kick on next year yeah uh, but then like as as the kind of tournament went on I, I was actually I think I had one or two uh, man of the matches with Leinster and I was, I was playing well and I kind of I thought that I might get a shot at some stage um, I was 24th man for the French game and you know it's it's agonising because uh, you're on the pitch you're doing the warm up yeah. you're, you're Blood's pumping, you're ready to rock, and then you pretty much go from being at this like peak of testosterone and like adrenaline to just uh, hit the showers yeah. and get on the scrum cam. So it's it's mad, and but like I was, yeah. So I was 24th. I was reserved for that game, 24th man for the French game, which is nice. It was kind of like a bit of a, it, it was a taster. So again, it wasn't all bad, but like you're so close, you can. Oh, and you just told you know not today yeah. it's kind of yeah it's pretty frustrating and then the England game it was I was 24th man again there was a few lads with little knocks and niggles and stuff so I thought I might be able to get a, a hit out again um, actually we actually played a really tough game against Scarlets at home in the RDS uh, we thumped them but uh, I think I was in camp the next day I think we played on Saturday night and it was a or Friday night and it was a late game so I only got into camp around 1 in the morning or 2 in the morning and there was pitch session the next day and I was so banged up I couldn't train uh, so Joe didn't bring me as 24th for the Wales game um, so I was kind of I don't I, he, he, Joe basically told me that he wanted me to be fit and like primed to go yeah. in case there was an injury for the England game so it was kind of like it was obviously positive but you yeah. didn't think someone was probably going to yeah yeah so I was just kind of like I was watching that Wales game thinking if someone gets injured here I'm probably going to be on the bench or like I could be playing no one got injured went back into camp for the last week Joe told me I was going to be 24th uh, and he was going to stick with the same lads uh, which is you know pretty frustrating but you know it was uh, I didn't think yeah it, I could see where it's coming from you know it's the biggest game of the year he doesn't want to put out someone who's got you know, 15 minutes of yeah. test experience and then anyway same thing happened in the French game went out did the warm up um, uh, did everything ready to rock and then I was walking in uh, <coughs> it was one of the last ones to walk in because I was doing a few bag hits I was 24th so I think it was Robbie asked me can I do a few tackles just got warmed up and it was 24th man so I was yeah absolutely yeah. do the tackles me and Robbie running at the back uh, and Joe kind of I'm kind of like strolling in kind of you know chilled out and Joe like taps me on the shoulder uh, and I thought he was going to say something like oh next year's really yeah. or something like that you know thanks for thanks for being in and he just goes uh, Jamie's big doubt uh, get your head in the game and put on the 20 jersey and uh, <laughs> like I actually can't describe uh, rattled would be one yeah, word. Yeah, it's uh, similar to the Zico. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, this is had. worse. Though. <laughs> this is worse. So this is a full Aviva and millions watching at home, and I've gone from and England gone from La La Land basically yeah. to uh, been thrown into one of the biggest games of the year 
probably it was probably yeah, like because yeah. England's been soccer um, until yeah so um, pop on the jersey uh, and I was kind of like oh fuck like here we go I've got, I'd gone from such a and it was I think it was because I'd been 24th for the French game I wasn't lax I knew my shit and I was ready to rock and stuff but okay. I was just kind of like oh okay I'm not going to get as pumped as I did for the French thing to just go to the showers because I don't need to get pumped <laughs> up to go to the showers um so I was just kind of like, I was walking in, Joe taps me, you're on the bench, and then I had about two minutes of, oh, yeah. work. <laughs> and then, anyway, popped the jersey on. And then I'd gone from literally, I'm going to hit the showers here, I'm going to do scrum cam, and then that's that, to five minutes later, team talk, walk out, shoulder to shoulder with Vinny Vinopola. I was like, like this is loose and then went out <laughs> ran out Viva was absolutely incredible that day remember, I was there actually, wow it was it was special um, I remember actually the the warm up taking place and then I remember the first thing I did was when the national anthems were going up mm. the most distinguished person you can probably see is Jamie Heaslip with his head tape and his mm. hair and I was like there's no Jamie Heaslip in the team and yeah. they're like no 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 he's playing he's playing and then I noticed you were there, so um, it was a cool moment. Obviously, unfortunate that there's an injury, but yeah, it was um, it was cool to see, especially with Luke there involved yeah, as well. Yeah. No, but, it wasn't. Um, it was mad. Um, and what was the game like? The game, um, it was fine. Um, I came on with 15 to go, um, and it was. I think it just started uh, drizzling, so it was a little bit wet. So everything tightened up a lot. Um, it was it was mad. Uh, I was just all I had in my head: discipline. Don't be the idiot yeah, who gives away a idiot, penalty yeah. and loses this for Ireland. So, just kept squeaky clean, made my tackles, made my carries, did everything by the book. Didn't make any like risky decisions, and then stayed away from all the like. I went into one or two rocks, but I didn't want it like. Just, like we were ahead at that stage, and there was no need to like force anything, but. Um, yeah, I like I can remember in my head. I I think I just made one or two tackles in a row, and in my head I was just <laughs> I had this voice telling me, <laughs> "Don't be the lad who fucks this up." <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, "Get up! You can't miss this tackle. Get up! Yeah. Go, go, go!" And it was like it was like this internal pressure that it, I've only I've only ever had it a few times, but yeah, and um, yeah, it was incredible uh, to get the win, and you know the crowd and stuff was crazy, and then. Yeah, it was it was it was bizarre though just to go from where I was uh, a few weeks previous, twenty fourth in the French game, to standing on the pitch watching England get their uh, Six Nations trophy, which is kind of strange. It's yeah. kind of bit it was of a weird atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Um, but walking around doing a lap of honour, clapping. <laughs> yeah, what is going on? But, so, uh, so yeah. how important do you reckon your like obviously you need to be talented you need to do all the training and detail all that but how important is it for your mindset to be rock solid in situations where you can go from sub to start and you can go from reserve as you were saying looking for shampoo and then suddenly you're yeah. putting on the jersey so shampoo. like how important do you think it is to have a really uh, tough hard mindset that you know you just got to be prepared for absolutely anything it's 80% mental 20% physical is what we've uh, is what we're told um, yeah, I think just the I think the main thing when you're going to play a game is just to make sure you know your detail because as soon as you know your role and what is expected of you, 
everything else can kind of settle. So what I always try and do for matches and stuff is learn my detail earlier in the week so I can just kind of like park it and start to build a kind of emotion and physicality towards the end of the week. Um, as soon as you know it, you can chill out, you can have a laugh and like get yourself primed for the kind of physical concentration that's going to come. But um, so with England week, I'd been in for weeks at that stage, so I knew everything off by heart. I was ready to rock. Um, uh, I wouldn't say I was lax, but I was definitely more chilled than I was for the French game. But like when I got told, bar that few moments of um, chaos in my head, um, like after the anthems and stuff, it's like it's a game of rugby at the end yeah, of the day. So yeah, it was fun. And then Six Nations finishes up. And then it obviously gets to uh, you know the business end of the season with yeah. Club Leinster, and um, like, did you feel like you kind of got a bit of a, a kind of confidence boost by you know getting the international exposure in the November, and then obviously at the end of the Six Nations, that give you confidence to kind of go right, get myself into this Leinster team. But then mm-hmm. once I get in there, you know, actually perform and really put in strong, yeah. strong performances in Europe and also in the league. Uh, I wouldn't say it gave me a confidence boost. Um, uh, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't say confidence is something I'm really lacking in. Um, it's just kind of, you know, I, I back my drills. I know that if I'm fit and I've got my head in the game that I can perform to a, you know, a substantial level. So I just kind of thought coming on the back of the England game, I know I only played for a little while, but like England probably one of the best teams in the world and like I didn't feel out of depth at all there so kind of kicking on into I think we played Cardiff the week after um, and then like on to the rest of the games I just kind of yeah I thought that there was definitely an opportunity to kind of nail down a jersey for myself for the end of the year and um, yeah and um, like obviously you know Leinster they might not have come away with the silverware I'm hoping for but like they definitely did have a if you base it on performances they definitely had a really strong season but just speaking like about you know the Champions Cup speaking about the Pro 12 like they put in strong performances um, in those competitions but just how disappointing was you individually and as a team to you know get into those positions where you've got you're on the cusp of a trophy and then ultimately come away with yeah nothing. um it's obviously massively frustrating and disappointing. Uh, you know, I the, the Claremont game was um, it was yeah it was a pretty pretty shit day at the office to be honest. Um, we just underperformed um, personally. I underperformed, uh, and like I was just sit, we were sitting in the meeting on Monday, and it was it was just it wasn't nice. Yeah. Um, just seeing things, mistakes I'd never make usually and like, well, I give away that silly penno and got caught on the edge as well. But like, it was just, yeah. It just what it, it wasn't characteristic of us, uh, especially after going out and thumping that wasp side. Yeah. You know, and everyone was full of confidence. Fairness to Claremont, they were very, very good. Their fans were incredible. It was, it was a complete cauldron over there, but... Oh, I don't know. Like we we had we had just a blunder for like twenty or thirty minutes, and we were down like so much, and then you know we came back, and we almost won it. Like, yeah, so it was it was a up and down. I know we end. can actually take a lot from that, and you know it's just it's kind of fuel now for us. Um, 
personally, you know, if I like thinking back to that, I was just kind of like, that's not going to happen to me again because it, it was it was really really tough, um, and like I was just like even just walking down the street, I felt almost embarrassed, like um, just losing like that, and I don't know. We do a lot of work on like mental toughness and like you know, but it does. It definitely does. Like no matter what, like how how much you try and like work on your like mentality and stuff, it, it's gonna hurt. And I think it's kind of to use that pain to kind of motivate yourself and learn from it and make sure it doesn't happen again. It's kind of the main thing. So you know, the amount of times Stu or Leo refers to the Claremont game or the Scarlet semi final yeah. and stuff, uh, it does. It, like it is painful to think about, but to get better, you kind of have to learn from your mistakes. So. You know, it's been brought up a lot of times already this season. Um, I think this season uh, we're going to kick on massively from where we were last year. Even the the shape and the the brand we're playing at the moment, even sort of last night, been yeah. last year by fifty points is with with like I don't know how many players out over twenty international or twenty players uh, missing was you know pretty phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I've kind of lost my train of thought there. <laughs> no, it's grand. Um, FPs. But um, yeah, like you touched on it there. It's obviously it's hugely disappointing. But as you were saying there, with preseason going really well, it's definitely it's it's going it's going in the right direction from a Leinster point of view. And you know, do you do you set yourself goals now? Obviously, you know. Do you look at pre-season and go right? I need to, you know, get myself fit, look after my diet. Do you look at yourself and write down goals over the season ahead, or are you very much a guy who's like, I'm going to take it week by week, train hard, play well when I get the opportunities? Because the the media are making a big fuss and a fuss about it, but like, you know, Lancer have got such they're blessed with the amount of uh, back rows they have, so competition's mm. going to be tough there. But like, do you look at yourself individually, or do you just go listen when I get my opportunity, know my detail, and, and the rest? Uh, of I think it's important to have kind of goals or objectives in place, uh, something to work towards. Uh, even if you don't get them, I think something to actually strive towards um, is definitely important. But then, when you have your kind of long-term place and plan, uh, or plan in place, excuse me, um, it's all about the kind of day-to-day, you know how you're going to get better every day so um, yeah just for me it's all about I think I'm back for game one against the Dragons so it's just all about performing well there making sure I'm fit um, and put my hand up so that when game two comes around that I keep the jersey as opposed to someone else or swapping in and swapping out you know Um, so that's that's all I can really say. Obviously, in the preseason, it might be a little bit different because I don't actually have a match at the end of the week. So, just at the moment, it's just weights and fitness. So, just you know, pushing yourself as hard as you can get. So, you kind of get the heavy lifting and the heavy work done. So, it makes the rest of the game easier okay. at the moment. And probably the last question I'll ask you, just on the rugby front, would be: you know, you've been now in Leinster for you know four plus years and. Like when you first walked in the door, you got obviously tasters of the environment, whether it was academy or doing a few sessions with the seniors. What do you think is the most noticeable change that has taken? Obviously, there's been personnel changes, but mm. from maybe like a culture point of view and how it works day to day, 
has there been any significant uh, changes now? Um, has it more or less stayed the same? Uh, it's it's oh, it's a tough one. Um, there's all Leinster have always had a very good culture as a club. Um, they try and like brothers is one of the pillars uh, for Leinster, so there's always trying to like have a bond of like. Um, so everyone like would obviously treat each other with a lot of respect and be honest and stuff like that and greet each other every day. I think that was actually one big change that came in um, in my first couple of years. Um, I'm not sure who in- implemented it, if it was Leo or Matt, but it was um, just to greet everyone every morning. Yeah. I know other French clubs do it, but it's just a handshake or whatever, a fist bump or everything. So every player gets everyone every morning. It's just good for building relationships and stuff. Um, so everyone gets chatting and stuff, uh, break down barriers. I think that was one big change, but um, the culture's always been, you know, it's it, it's strong. Leinster's a special club, in fairness. Um, I can't really speak because I don't really, I haven't been in any other clubs, but yeah. I know there's there's definitely something special going on. Everyone who leaves and stuff says that it's it's not the same in different clubs, but um, any massive culture change? No, it's always kind of been, you know, similar enough. I think. Okay, and sorry, I, I actually just slipped my mind. Um, just to briefly touch on what it was like to um, the tour with Ireland, obviously. Oh yeah, doing. yeah. Um, got so caught up in the the club chat that we forgot about the tour. So the club um, chat. yeah. <laughs> so what was um, what was that like from an experience point of view? I'd say it was um, like you might find that there might be tougher internationals out there but just in relation to actually going on a, a full length proper yeah, tour yeah, yeah. what was it like to obviously train with the lads get to know lads and then obviously ultimately play against um, two different countries in tests uh, it was brilliant um, again it was, it was weird going in because we'd actually just lost um, the semi-final to Scarlets so we actually came in a week earlier than the Munster lads because they were still in the final we had a one day camp down in Donnybrook um, but yeah, so it it was it was very good in terms of um, just getting three weeks work under Joe and making sure, kind of like, kind of really just immerse yourself into the environment and the the structure and stuff. And there was a lot of young players. Um, all, obviously, all the lines were gone, um, gone uh, down to play there gone down on their campaign um, and then there was a few of the elder lads um, were injured and stuff Jamie and Rob and whatnot. Um, so it was a very much so young team um, so we had that first game against uh, the US and I think we had a training week in Carton House first and then we went out and uh, yeah it was great um, the game we probably didn't perform as well as we could have in the first US game Um but we still kind of outmuscled them pretty easily. Uh, Keith Earls was on fire, scoring tries and yeah. setting tries from everywhere. So, um, yeah, it was it was it was a great experience. Um, that was that was a nice one over in New York. My family went over to that, even though I was on the bench. I only played for ten minutes on the wing, which was actually pretty, <laughs> was pretty shit. But uh, but uh, yeah, and all the lads, all the our mates from New York, obviously rolled to it as well, which is good to see. And then we had two weeks in Japan as well, uh, which is brilliant. Um, complete, uh, you know, bit of a culture shock when we got over there at the start, which 
you know we we had been briefed about it but it, it, yeah it was kind of a weird place um, and we were just staying in Tokyo uh, in a serious hotel bang in the middle of the city and then just going around to see cool stuff um, it's a completely different world over there um, and then so we just kind of messed around and then we had the two games we had the first game in Hamamatsu which is about I think it's the equivalent of the length of Ireland south of Tokyo and uh, we got a uh, trained down there stayed the night before stayed two nights there uh, played the game and then got the train back to Tokyo and then we just had a week of messing around again uh, the game that was my first actual start against Japan um, it was great um, I was I, I felt very ready to play and like I'd had so many little like bursts of whatever that 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 was my fourth cap um, I'd obviously had a few little cameos off the bench it was nice to get an actual start and you know be there from the start and get to play the full 80 minutes um, and yeah we we uh, we had a good win against them we kind of blew them away in the first half they got a yellow card and we scored 21 points I think um, so I think we went in half time 34-3 up so kind of just knew that if he'd scored quite early then like It'd be it'd be quite hard for them to come back from that, but um, yeah, the experience was um, definitely very good. Um, it was it was good for the younger players, especially just to kind of be able to put their hands up to Joe and kind of say that in the you know in the few like upcoming years that you're a potential candidate to fill the jersey. Yeah, well, that's what it's all about, I guess. And um, to top it all off. Um, just quick fire questions that you are unfortunately obligated to uh, okay. answer. Um, not a lot, so first thing that pops into you. This is just the first thing that think, I think of. Well, is it is, is it <laughs> well, people or things or what? Well, it's just it's it's just it's quick fire round. You just uh, did you make these questions? Yes, I did. Yeah, okay. but um, obviously, if you need to think about what you're about to say, please do. Okay, so I'm a loose chap. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, your favorite film. Uh, I don't know, probably The Warrior or Gladiator or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, would you prefer a good poach or a good tackle? Ooh, poach. Yeah. Me and Marshy have the license. <laughs> and, um, <coughs> Marshy had a great poach last night. It was absolutely hilarious. So you'll hear about that for the next year? Yeah, probably. yeah, we fully will. Yeah. <laughs> I actually walked up to him after in the match and uh, went to give him whatever... Uh, handshake or whatever to congratulate him I yeah. just looked at him and I knew I didn't have to say anything I just knew what was going <laughs> absolutely hilarious oh. the cl- he's called himself the clamper the clamper yeah <laughs> says he's going to uh, charge Gloucester 80 euro oh. he's never sure <laughs> of that anyway. yeah, yeah. Um, who was the toughest opponent you faced thus far um <clears throat> I have played, uh, yeah, I, uh, there was two lads that kind of stick out. Um, I played Marrow, and I always thought he was quite difficult to deal with. He's just a big brute, and he's just, like, counter-rocking everything. A pest. Just, yeah, he's a pest, yeah. Um, him, and also, the, he, used to, he used to play with Toulouse. I think he's still there. Uh, Camara, French flanker. He's played oh, yeah. for France a few times as well. Uh, he, Me and him used to just try to kill each other back in the day. I played against him a few times, but I haven't played him in years. But okay. yeah, that was a good crack. Um, tea or coffee? Coffee. And your favourite TV show? 
Uh, it's got to be Thrones, but I like a few weird shows. I like uh, Rick and Morty a lot. It's just kind of light watching. Yeah. I like Power. Um, I watch like pretty much all the shows because I don't really do anything. <laughs> I just train and then sleep. Train and do that. I, I train, I eat, I sleep, <laughs> I eat, and then I just mess around watching shows. <laughs> I have a new PlayStation game at the moment, which is ZKDs. What is it? Uh, Horizon. Horizon. You ever heard of it? I haven't. No. That's very good. I'm not a big gamer at the minute, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll look at it. Actually, ruining my life because I'm forgetting to eat and stuff, and not napping. <laughs> Just play. Um, what would your favorite holiday destination be? Uh, I went to Vietnam this year. It was good crack, but I went to Bali the year before and uh, absolutely loved it. I thought it was. I thought it was class. So, so Bali. probably Bali, yeah. Okay, last two. So night in or night out. Ooh. Um, night out. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and lastly, describe yourself in three words. It's always a tough one. It is a tough one. Um, Without sounding like a complete. It's tough. Not to sound like an idiot. <laughs> I actually got asked this question in front of like there was some Vodafone chat that a few of us had to do uh, in the Viva. I was honestly in front of about 800 people and I made such a tit of myself. <laughs> I, said, I said a joker, which is just like shit. A joker? Yeah, it's just shit. Like, um, Robbie Henshaw described himself as hungry, which I'd also describe myself as. Okay, that's one, hungry. hungry so like always looking to feed. Um, hungry. See, it's... Uh, you just... It'd be easier if you described me in three words. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's an easy thing to do. I don't know. Hungry. Hungry, very, hungry, hungry? Very hungry. Very, All very the time. Okay. I'll yeah, leave it at that. It's difficult. But um, listen, thanks a million for uh, coming on. Really no appreciate problem. it. Looking forward to part two already. Part two, yeah. We've got <laughs> you and Brian O'Mara on and talk about uh, your history class. The bunting. <laughs> He's still boasts about the grades he gets uh, yeah. constantly. But, um, yeah, I probably didn't tell you this, but uh, I actually had to go to Bomber a few weeks before. Uh, oh, this is probably a loose chat. Uh, it's <laughs> like, it was like a few months before uh, the leaving, man. I was just yeah. like, Bomber, I'm so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I literally don't know anything. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in fairness, he, he he actually sorted me out. I actually got a B one in the end. Do sure, uh, you remember I used to uh, ask you history questions in the study? I would sometimes come up to you and go, "I'm going to go fifteen questions, short questions on history." Yes, I do remember that actually. Because I had absolutely nothing better to do with yeah, my uh, yeah. three hours in study. You did not. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, well, it worked out well in the end. It did, yeah. But. Um, now listen, thanks a for coming on. Uh, wish you obviously pleasure. all the best uh, with the rest of pre-season and uh, sure speak on behalf of pretty much everyone. We're looking forward to uh, the rest of the season. Thanks very much. I hope it wasn't on. too much of a pot. No. Uh, <laughs> we'll, let, we'll let the listeners be the yeah, judge of that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, listen, thanks a lot. All right. Cheers, boss.